you are a consultant, okay? And I use air quotes for those that are listening on uh, audio on Apple Podcasts, Pod, uh, Podbean, or Spotify because I say that because the term consultant is usually used for a lot of individuals that, again, can't really explain or state publicly on the surface what their actual job or occupation is. But let's just put it this way. You're, you have a very strong background in science and artificial intelligence, you name it, right? And you are brought in to consult on many, many different projects. And some of them you think are, you know, based on extraterrestrial technologies, you name it, but you don't really ask any questions as, you know, Staff Sergeant Clifford Stone would say with respects to compartmentalized operations. You end up finding out and knowing more than you need to, than you are told, but you don't end up knowing everything, right? So you don't ask questions per se. And you've been a consultant, so to speak, with respects to analyzing metals, analyzing different types of extraterrestrial behavior in underground labs. So this is nothing new to you. And you are very, very respected within the extremely compartmentalized intelligence community that is familiar with extraterrestrial. So this is not just exclusive to America. This is all over the world. A sort of secret society, if you, a society within the intelligence community, if you will, that are aware of extraterrestrials and the only way that you know that is because you've been briefed on it so anyways you get called in and you are told listen we want you to analyze a particular behavior of some extraterrestrials some very small beings that we've put inside of a room and we've put them under a, a very small um, context-based mind control grid and so you're brought in and they say to you the soldiers there they say you know doctor ma'am sir whoever we have a problem. And you say, okay, what's the problem? It seems like these beings are stuck in this mind control grid that you have them in, in this small little room in an underground base. What, what do I have to consult on? What do I have to analyze? What's, what are we looking at here? And the soldier says, no, 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 sir, ma'am, you don't get it. These beings know they're in a mind control grid, but they're still going about their day-to-day -day routines in that mind control grid, conscious of the fact that they're fully stuck. And yet they continue to proceed throughout their routines with a very positive, benevolent attitude. And the soldier says to you, we can't figure this out because if they realize they're stuck in a trap, why haven't they tried to get out yet? And I would dare to say, folks, relative to the example I just gave, regardless of what aspect of life this is in, you can take this in however way you wish. One of the scariest things, in my humble opinion, is seeing your quote-unquote target, objective, whatever you want to call it, being suppressed and oppressed but realizing that they themselves know they're being suppressed and still go about their day or their routine as if they don't know. That is one of the scariest things because as the controller, if you will, as the suppressor or oppressor, as the string puller, you don't know what your target is going to do next even though you have them in a trap already. Do you see what I'm saying, folks? I hope that makes sense. Now, before we jump into all of this, I do want to say we do have a Patreon. It does help support the show. Patreon.com slash Generation Z. There is hundreds and hundreds of hours of extra content on there that I simply have not and cannot really put on YouTube or any other um, vast majority of other platforms for the sake of censorship, you name it. Of course, it does help support the show not just content we have uh you know uh th two three four times a week group zoom calls one-on-one -on -one zoom calls uh real-time research uh you get to see of course members only episodes the whole thing anyways let's jump right into it so the crossing using smart gan gelatin for darpa's vapor meta sex now you might be saying whoa dave this is quite an enticing title here are you sure you're not exaggerating folks i promise you i'm not so first let's go through step by step the definition of gan 
Smart and Vapor very strongly, very quickly before we get into the really good stuff. So I'm just going to minimize my face to the corner of the screen here and let's jump into it. So smart criteria, according to Wikipedia, I know we can argue very strongly this is propaganda relative to the surface level of depiction of definitions compared to what we know, but this is why I'm reading it from there. SMART is a mnemonic acronym given criteria to guide in the setting of goals and objectives. For example, in project management, employee performance management, and personal de development, the letter S and M generally mean specific and measurable. All right. Possibly the most common version has the remaining letters referring to achievable or attainable, relevant and time bound. So SMART, to recap, that stands for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time bound. All right. So now we know what SMART stands for. OK, just an acronym. Right. Let's see what gelatin is. Gelatin or again, gelatin with an E at the end, is a translucent, colorless, flavorless food ingredient commonly derived from collagen taken from animal body parts. It is brittle when dry and rubbery when moist. It may also be referred to as hydrolyzed collagen, collagen hydro... Uh, Hydroly hydrolysate, excuse me, gelatin hydrolysate or hydrolyzed gelatin and collagen peptides after it is undergone hy uh, hydrolysis hydrolysis, excuse me. It is commonly used as a gelling agent in food, beverages, medications, drug and vitamin capsules, photographic films and papers and even cosmetics, end quote. Now, this is interesting because people think of gelatin, you, you immediately think of jello. Let me just say first and foremost that we've defined what gelatin is generally, but ultimately we don't know the substances within that that can formulate what we're about to be looking at here. Now, keep in mind, folks, you don't have to believe him, but Mr. Bob Lazar had mentioned that of the nine craft he saw when he was at the Los Alamos S4 hangar, one of them sort of was very gelatin looking. And I say that because you will see why very shortly. Now, what does GAN stand for? G-A-N. It stands for gen a Generative Adversarial Network. A, general, a Generative Adversarial Network is a class of machine learning frameworks designed by Ian Goodfellow and his colleagues in, two in June 2014. Two new uh, neural networks contest with each other in a game in the form of a zero-sum game where one agent's gain is another agent's loss. All right. Given a training set, this technique learns to generate new data with the same statistics as the training set. For example, again, trained on photographs can generate new photographs that look at least superficially authentic to human observers, having many realistic characteristics. Though originally proposed as a form of generative model for unsupervised learning, GANs have also proved useful for semi-supervised learning and fully supervised learning and reinforcement learning, end quote. We need to look at the intrinsic open source data behind this, folks. And what do I mean by that? Well, you see this right here? Reinforcement learning. If we take a look, for example, at what Jacques Vallée said when he went on Joe Rogan with James Fox there, and I know I bring this up so often, but there was just so much information in that podcast in my humble perspective. Mr. Vallée brings up something called pattern of reinforcement, which, again, is like, for example, when you have a dog or, a, you know, you throw a, a ball or a stick, and when your dog chases it, grab, grabs the stick or the ball and brings it back into your hand, you reward them with a treat or some food or something like this, right? Mr. Jacques Vallée was saying the same thing on Joe Rogan, except this is how these UFOs seem to be trying to teach us something relative to other adversarial UFOs. And what I mean by that is that you'll have a mass influx of what seem to be benevolent beings and UFOs sending telepathic messages to a handful of individuals for two to three months over the continent of Latin America. Then they'll disappear. And then they'll reappear a year later over the over Australia, for example. So that is what we mean by pattern of reinforcement relative to reinforcement learning relative to GANs. Okay, now 
this is when it's going to get good. What is vapor? Okay, take a look at this. SciTechDaily.com. DARPA announces the Vanishing Programmable Resources Program, which is what vapor stands for. All right. So the sophisticated electronics used by warfighters in everything from radios, remote sensors, and even phones can now be made at such a low cost that they are pervasive throughout the battlefield. These electronics have become necessary for operations, but it is almost impossible to track and recover any device. Interestingly enough, what if these electronics simply disappeared when no longer needed? DARPA announces the Vapor program with the aim of revolutionizing the state of the art in transient electronics. Transient mean meaning you can see through it, or electronics capable of dissolving into the environment around them. Transient electronics developed under vapor should maintain the current functionality and ruggedness of conventional electronics, but when triggered, be able to degrade partially or completely into their surroundings. Once triggered to dissolve, these electronics would be useless to any enemy who might come across them. All right. The breakdown, if we see here, the breakdown of such devices could be triggered by a signal sent from command or any number of possible environmental conditions such as temperature. The program seeks to culminate in a technology demonstration that builds a circuit representative of an environmental or biomedical sensor that is able to communicate with a remote sensor and a remote user. End quote. Folks, this is where it gets interesting. Thank you for bearing with me. So. It's been said very strongly, even in mainstream media, that our best tricks come from nature, meaning that whether we apply technology, sciences, physics, you name it, some of our best tricks when we create artificial devices come from the keys and the clues that we find within nature. What do I mean by that? Well, what you see here, for example, where it talks about, again, a, the program seeks to culminate in a technology that builds a circuit representative of an environmental or biomedical sensor. What if we applied that of CPU physics to fractals, for example, quantum computation, chaos magic, quantum entanglement, whatever you want to call it, to, again, the different angles and levels of quantum physics. Now we see here, and I quote, DARPA has previously demonstrated that transient electronics might be used to fight infections at surgical sites. Now we want to develop a revolutionary new class of electronics for a variety of systems whose transience does not require submersion in water. This is a tall order and we imagine a multidisciplinary approach. Teams will likely need industry experts who understand circuits, integration, and design. Hence the reason I gave that example at the beginning of you being a very highly respected consultant. Performer from the material science community will be sought to develop novel substrates. Again, novel substrates. Does that not remind us of the holographic substrates relative to the Project Carrot documents, which we'll look at again very shortly? There's lots of room for innovation by clever people with diverse expertise, end quote. So what if we can apply fractals and fractal physics and all of that into that of an integrated CPU that uses transient gelatin to blend in with its environment? So this is what I'm going to be referencing with as some of the key points of this episode take a look at this news.xerox.com xerox park out of you know california 2015 november 18th park successfully demonstrates electronics that disappear on demand so let's look at the order of this folks okay darpa announces in 2013 publicly at least their vanish a vanishing programmable resources program vapor right then two years later boom park successfully demonstrates electronics that disappear on demand all right. DARPA funded uh, vapor uh, vanishing electronics offers commercial promise in personal data protection and distributed sensing. 
Okay, now take a look at this. While an optical signal, excuse me, let me read the whole thing. Park performed several dozen live demonstrations of the transient technology where attendees used a standard laser pointer to provide a remote logical signal that triggered a current pulse in a resistive heater, which provided the energy needed to initiate a, de a defect and disintegrate Park's electronic device within a couple of seconds. While an optical signal was used in this demonstration, Park's technology can also be triggered via a radio frequency signal as well as physical or chemical triggers all right now before we go on i want to bring up this particular image right over here folks this is a snippet okay from a newspaper clipping with george adamski george adamski is the one who had been visited in the late 1940s early 1950s by allegedly a handful of different alien species some of them were germans actually from the secret space program relative to the Nachtwaffen from world war ii some of them were allegedly pleiadians all right some of them were again there were some grays as well allegedly and all that but let's take a look here at this particular part of the actual newspaper clipping this one here you see this right here folks this part disappearing gelatin adamski said that spaceships are equipped with a huge screen similar to television screens no images appear on the screens however but only a constant movement of cover of colored lights which are understood by the ship's operators you can't see a meteorite in the daytime he concluded all right now what we'll see here is that Mr. Radamski said again, this object, this cigar-shaped craft in this particular instance, end quote, was actually 20 miles long. Now, what's interesting about all of this, folks, is that he claimed when the craft would land, regardless if it was a small disc craft or a cigar craft, all the, uh, excuse me, the, um, the pilots, let's call them, of the craft, let's say the inhabitants of the craft, the controllers, would have to do is touch a certain part of the craft. The craft would melt into what seems to be transparent jello and blend right in with whatever environment it's in and shape itself to the environment. Do you see what I'm saying here, folks? And then what would happen after that is when the craft would need to re-manifest, that same pilot, only that pilot, the one who made it disintegrate, could make it re-manifest because they had a very unique bio-signal with a certain part of their finger that they touched. So let me give you a quick example. We'll see over here. Bibliothecaplates.net, the language. This is here, uh, excuse me, this here is from a whistleblower who came out in 2007 who claimed that he was one of only 30 to 50 individuals that he knew of that worked on Project Carrot. What is Project Carrot? We covered this exactly one year ago on the channel. I think it's time to revisit it since we've had a vast amount of subscribers join us very recently. So Project Carrot stood for Commercial Applications Research for Extraterrestrial Technology, Palo Alto, California. Working with Park and Xerox. Again, Park and Xerox. You see the connections there, folks? So let's take a look. Uh, this was uh, Palo Alto, December 1986. Packle, all right? We see here, these are some of the pages that the whistleblower was very kind enough to photocopy and put on the internet here, right? Essentially, see, we see some of the symbols here. This had to do with attempting to reverse engineer some alien uh, uh, symbols, metals, you name it, for commercial application use. These were some of the symbols as well that were also present in some of the documents. If you'd like, if you'd like to see, notice the similarities with respect to the different symbols and the different alien craft of those symbols that seem to be consistent. Okay, now, again, here's a nice expose of all the different documents, right? This was, again, another photograph here very quickly of some of the alien tech. You see that right here? Right, the symbols mean something very specific. Okay. Now, this was apparently when the craft was disassembled, so to speak. Now, this was not a gelatin craft, but let's take a look at this right over here. 
give me one quick second. Let me just reset my zoom. All right. The language. All right. I put the word language in quotes because calling what I'm about to describe a language is a misnomer, although it is an easy mistake to make. This is the whistleblower writing this now in 2007. Take a look at this. There, in other words, there's no way to write a computer program on a piece of paper, set that piece of paper on a table or something, and expect it to, do, to actually do something. The most powerful code in the world still doesn't actually do anything until a piece of hardware interprets it and translates its commands into actions. This whistleblower is talking about how we on Earth need software and hardware merged in order for the computer to work. But according to this whistleblower, their technology, the aliens, which species is hard to say, their technology is different. It really did operate like the magical piece of paper sitting on a table in a manner of speaking they had something akin to a language that could quite literally execute itself at least in the presence of a very specific type of field which we can describe as quantum entanglement or chaos magic where magic only occurs or a certain event only occurs when a certain frequency is placed on top of that particular symbolism but let's carry on take a look at this um, the language, a term I am still using very loosely, is a system of symbols along with geometric forms and patterns that fit together to form diagrams that are themselves functional. Once these symbols or patterns are drawn, again, the patterns referring to these types of symbols and patterns that we're seeing right over here. Okay, just for the sake of a quick little reference, these symbols right over here. All right. So let's jump back very quickly. Once they are drawn, so to speak, on a suitable surface made of a suitable material and in the presence of a certain type of field, let's presume this individual, this whistleblower, means a certain type of frequential field, frequencies being emitted over top that particular area, that vicinity. They immediately begin performing the desired tasks. It really did seem like magic to us even after we began to understand the principles behind it. All right. Interestingly enough, if we scroll down a little bit more, first of all, you wouldn't open up their hardware to find a CPU in there or a, data a database or anything like that or some kind of memory storage. Their hardware appeared to be perfectly solid and consistent in terms of material from one side to the other, like a rock or a hunk of metal. But upon much closer inspection, we, referring to him and his team, that the compartmentalized team working on this, began to learn that it was actually one big holographic computational substrate. Each computational element, essentially individual particles, can function independently, but are designed to function together in tremendously large clusters. I say it's holographic because you can divide it up into the smallest chunks you want and still find a scaled down but complete representation of the whole system. Folks, is this not consistent with what Bob Lazar said and Bill Uhouse said as well when working on reverse engineering the craft? No matter how much you just chop the metal, no matter what you used uh, and cracked the metal and broke it off the craft into whatever smaller large pieces, when you analyzed it at an atomic level, it provided a map for the rest of the craft even though it was broken into small pieces? Again, fractals. Again, going back to the concept of gelatin and DARPA. Again, blending into the environment. We take our best tricks from that of, of, of nature, so to speak, right? Now, take a look at this. The language is actually a functional blueprint, all right? The forms of the shapes, symbols, and arrangements thereof is, uh, excuse me, thereof is itself functional, all right? What makes it all especially difficult to grasp is that every element of each diagram is dependent on and related to every other element, which means no single detail can be created, removed, or modified independently. You know what that reminds us of? When Bill Uhouse was saying that when the J-Rod brought the craft 
to a, a simulator craft to Edward Teller and the Atomic Energy Commission, and then the humans try to reverse engineer that craft but change the different dimensions of the craft, it wouldn't fly. And the J-Rod told them, the gray alien consulting with them, ironically, quote-unquote consultant, go figure, said to them, the Atomic Energy Commission, you cannot change the height of the craft, the dimensions of it, or else relative to that particular lift, that particular power source, propulsion source in that specific craft, it's not going to go. Why is this language the same thing? Which, again, look at this. No single detail, at least according to the whistleblower, can be created, removed, or modified independently. All right? Now, this is the final part I wanted to bring up. Humans like written language because each element of the language can be understood on its own, and from this, complex expressions can be built. However, their language is entirely context-sensitive, which means that a given symbol can mean as little as a one-bit flag in one, in one context, or quite literally, contain the entire human genome or a galaxy star map in another, meaning that again... For example, this one symbol right over here, Take, see this hook, for example, this hook symbol? This could literally mean one definition, or this could literally represent an entire universal map of a particular solar system. Again, d very dis difficult to grasp, but it's the concept of perception relative to the example I gave at the beginning about how we're stuck in a trap, but we're still going about the routine knowing we're stuck in the trap. Now, the final part here. Their technology, however, somehow merges the symbol and the meaning so a subjective audience is not needed. You can put whatever meaning you want on the symbols, but their behavior and functionality will not change any more than a transistor will function differently if you give it another name. Meaning, basically, if you change the name of your cat tonight, your cat's still going to have, you know, the same type of fur on its skin. Just because you change its name doesn't mean anything's changed. Again, the concept of plasma intention relative to labels deriving from the Latin language that have created this sort of trap in which we live in. Now... It's going to get even better, by the way. Let's take a quick little pause, a quick little break, if we will. Let's take a step back and look through every single thing that we defined and looked at rel up until this point. DARPA's vapor program, the language, all of that, the gelatin craft, the George Adamski article over here about the disappearing craft, the disappearing gelatin. What if we applied that to a generative adversarial network? What you would then have are loads and loads of artificial intelligence, all right, creating some type of curated platform that uses a combination of what we know to be magic and science but if we jump back very quickly i'm going to type in here concentric circles all right what we're going to find is that again i know i've been bringing this example up more so on the patreon for members than than elsewhere but you see right here concentric circles folks imagine if we you and i are living within this particular dimension but there is technology from a higher dimension say the third circle out from the center that is now being brought into our dimension but we cannot explain it in a scientific or mathematical justifiable way because we don't have the understanding or perception of the larger dimensions Hence the reason that, for example, certain geometrical shapes that are considered, you know, sacred geometry or forbidden knowledge or something like this are considered to be context-based, which is why, for example, if you built a pyramid in your bedroom and tried to make some type of anti-gravity apparatus work, it's not going to work. Meanwhile, the pyramids at Area 51 are creating some type of energy beam. You see what I'm saying, folks? So ultimately, it's that understanding of bringing a non-understanding concept into a lower dimension that people within that context of, that, of the smaller lower dimension, or denser dimension, if you will, would deem to be magic. 
because it cannot be explained until you have the understanding or at least the ascension or the ascentive knowledge of this third layer. Does that make sense, folks? I hope that really does. So let's take a look at this right over here. UFOAC.com. The hole at the North Pole. Does it really exist? Is the Earth hollow? It all started in February 1967. Then the American meteorological uh, satellite, ESA-3, sent images to Earth that alarmed the world. A huge round hole was visible near the North Pole, and no one had any doubts that it was not a fake. However, to this day, people are arguing what it is what is depicted in the center of the North Pole in the photo. Again, let's keep in mind for those not familiar the antarctic treaty all of that right a lot of planes aviation private or commercial you name it uh, cannot fly over these parts of the north pole right take a look at this on november 23rd 1968 images were taken by the american ss7 apparatus the, these are also images of the north pole in the complete absence of clouds which show a black hole in the area of the north pole all right take a look at this now, the reason I bring this up is because this directly corroborates and substantiate that, substantiates that of Walter Russell's universal one, meaning that, again, as above, so below, whether the planet is a battery, you know, emitting a toroidal field in which we emit and all of that. The reason I bring this up is because if we apply those same type of physics relative excuse me, to the generative adversarial network, what you then have, generally speaking, would be a type of gelatin vapor esoteric mass, um, I guess you could say blue beam system all around us. So when people like Robert Bigelow or people that are on the inside seemingly of the UFO, um, uh, I guess you could say uh, phenomenon that have more answers than the average person like you and I do, when they say things like, my God, it's right in front of us. Okay, yes, when, you know, these beings being right in front of us, I get it with respects to there may be other dimensions or other worlds around us that we, because of our senses being so confined relative to the light spectrum, cannot sense or detect. However, we can also think, okay, the, the craft are just invisible, meaning they're right in front of us. But what if right in front of us means not only these images that we see here as creating some type of hole, but that gelatin material relative to DARPA's vapor program, okay, relative as well to George Adamski saying this many, many years this is in the 50s, by the way, before DARPA announced the vapor program in 2013, right? So what if overall that could be applied through that of generative, generative adversarial networks within this gelatin confine using fractals? And we, we can not prove, but substantiate this because this right here, the sun.com brain buster mystery brain illness baffles Canadian doctors as cases spread in young people. A mystery brain illness that is baffling Canadian doctors is increasingly affecting young people. People who care for patients with the progressively worsening disease are also bizarrely becoming sick as though it is catching. One thing, end quote, that people are beginning to notice as they obtain, obtain this sickness, so to speak, is that they're noticing some type of translucent material on their arms specifically. Could it be? I'm not trying to make connections where there aren't any, but could it be possible that, again, whether it's you want to call it black goo or a different variation of this using graphene oxide relative to the understanding of the concentric circles that we used to justify as some type of materialistic substance when really the graphene oxide could be coming from a higher dimension that has to densify itself into something we can perceive and understand. Could it be infecting others? It's very possible. Very, very possible. Now take a look at this right here. AlienUFOSightings.com National, uh, National Geographic photographer admits to encountering alien beings underwater. Interestingly enough, he made the revelations through a recent video made by the latter company, uh, National Geographic and Ocean X. Uh, Louis Lamar was a photographer for both of those. 
And I quote, he said, I, I think in the ocean I have come across potentially beings from another heavenly body that are more highly advanced from hu uh, than humans, end quote. In another part of the video, Lamar discussed the various marine life forms he came across underwater. While talking about the strange marine organisms he encountered, Lamar also discussed the appearance of some of the underwater aliens that he saw. I've seen giant deep sea arachnids, venomous sea snakes far offshore with like bright yellow heads, he said. Sharks in a frenzy, orcas sw uh, swarming all around me. Some sort of, you know, hyper-advanced aquatic alien creatures inhabiting the shallow waters, which almost look like stingrays. All right. Claims regarding encounters with underwater aliens are not new. In January, a report was released regarding the encounters of U.S. nuclear submarines with, an, with unknown underwater objects. End quote. Why do I bring this up? You might be saying, Dave, you're rambling on about nothing. Well, again, we see here the report that was released by the War Zone focuses on the encounters of Navy personnel with USOs. USOs mean unidentified submerged objects, meaning underwater, right? Well, interestingly enough, didn't Mr. Adamski say, going back to this newspaper clipping, that the vast majority of craft that had this sort of gelatin material were cigar-shaped and were underwater? This is why I bring this up. We need to attempt to make the connections where they deem fit. Now, speaking of these, uh, you know, craft and all that, observe, being observed around nuclear sites and all of that, take a look at this. The debrief... Dot org, okay? Just a few days ago, relative to the day I'm recording this, authorities confirmed sightings of mysterious drones over Swedish nuclear facilities. Authorities in Sweden have confirmed the rash of mysterious drone sightings that occurred near several nuclear facilities late last week. All right. The Ministry of Defense, Swedish police, uh, call the events, quote, extremely serious incidences. Now, take a look at this. CTVnews.ca. Ancient life. Again, the same day that this article was published. Ancient life may be just one possible explanation for Mars Rover's latest discovery. For those that don't know, CTV News is basically Canada's version of CNN, essentially. And um, we see here. A new analysis, and I quote, of sediment samples collected by the rover revealed the presence of carbon and the possible existence of ancient life on the red planet is just one potential explanation for why it may be there, end quote. Can we not make that connection directly to this declassified CIA archive documents about CIA remote viewers going two, three, four million years into the past on Mars, seeing a dying humanoid species, uh, um, a dying planet, so to speak? and domes that seem to be representative of that of the gelatin material that, again, Bill Uhouse, Bob Lazar described as seeing some of the craft being composed of. Okay, now, what's interesting about all of this is that, of course, in the, type, in the title, we have, again, the crossing, using, gel, uh, using smart gen gelatin, all right, generative adversarial network gelatin for DARPA's vapor metasex. Now, this is when it's going to get a little bit controversial, to be quite honest with you, but I honestly don't care because we need to really make this noticeable to those that really want to be able to, to learn and can't afford the Patreon. So, Axios.com. <clears throat> January 19, 2022, just a couple days ago. 3D printing's next act, big metal objects. A new metal 3D printing technology could revolutionize the way large industrial products like planes and cars are made, reducing the cost and carbon footprint of mass manufacturing. Interesting. A new method from a startup called Ciro Technologies using a powerful laser technique could be the breakthrough the industry has been waiting for. Hold on a second. Using a powerful laser technique... Huh. Let's head back on over to this article, to the Xerox article. All right. Park performed several dozen, on, on DARPA's vapor technology, performed several dozen live demonstrations of the transient technology where attendees used a standard laser pointer to provide a remote logical signal that triggered a current pulse in a resistive heater, which, is, which provided the energy needed to initiate a defect. 
and disintegrate the device. Oh, how convenient using a powerful laser technique. Again, it's right in front of our faces with respects to what's been called open source data, if you want to call it that. Look at this now. Again, January 18th, 2022, just a couple days ago. SingularityHub.com. New virus-like particles can deliver CRISPR to any cell in the body. Oh, how interesting, right? Now, SingularityHub.com again. New research. Memories may be stored in the connections between brain cells. January 13th, about a week ago, give or take, 2022. Hmm. And I quote, All memory storage devices from your brain to the RAM in your computer store information by changing their physical qualities. Since then, neuroscientists have attempted to understand the physical changes associated with memory formation. End quote. Again, information structures. Do we have to go back to Dr. Eric Davis's teleportation physics study report for the Air Force from 2003 or 2004? When he said again, dematerializing the photons, rematerializing the photons using light to, 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 to teleport. And that's just one way of doing it. Speaking of which, by the way, if we see um, right over here, mdpi.com. Thank you, Rena. Carbon-based nanomaterials for delivery of biologicals and therapeutics. A cutting-edge technology. Carbon-based nanomaterials for delivery of biologicals. Biologicals like what, for example, like gelatin? Is I mean, we, we have to consider this. We really do. On I mean, what other option do we have when we take a look at this, for example, right? So again, when we look at all of this, we'll find that when we see here, enochianbio.com, Enochian presents, uh, by the way, Enoch, think, again, think about from the esoteric angle, that, that, derivative, uh, that derivative intentional meaning to present onto the masses relative to such a mainstream media website, but Anakian presents at World Vaccine Conference on promising human and laboratory data to potentially treat solid tumors. Now, I'm going to leave that there. We'll be discussing much, much more of this on the Patreon because I don't want to, again, get banned because, again, you know, mentioning the, the beep boop here and all of that, so I don't want to take any chances where, again, there may not necessarily need to be one per se. However, if we jump back to the hole at the North Pole, what we'll find is that this had to do with respects to this, the light spectrum being expanded. Now, let's do a real-time search of mouse experiment, mind control, light. Take a look at this. MIT scientists plant false memory in mouse's mind. All right. Futurism.com. Mind control mice navigates mazes. Popside.com. Scientists can now control mice brains wirelessly using what specifically? Light. Take a look. Four years ago. Moneyinc.com. Research researchers have proven it's possible to mind control living beings using optogenetics. Again, I got to be careful because we delved into much more of this in a, a, a members only episode on Patreon about a month or two back. But you see this right here? Recently, South Korean researchers proved that it was possible to mind control living beings via optogenetics. For those who are unfamiliar with the term, optogenetics involves the use of light to control neurons and other cells, which are rendered sensitive to light via genetic modification. As a result, this basic concept was once considered far-fetched in 1999. But what was once far-fetched has become something real that is, to be perfectly honest, not just amazing, but also more than a little bit terrifying. End quote. Again, 
Do you see what I mean here, folks? Now, I know you might be thinking to yourself, Dave, where is the part about the meta sex and all of that? Well, that is the part where, again, not to sound like a salesman, I wanted to leave it to the end of the episode because for those that haven't signed up for the Patreon, I recommend you do because we will be covering it there. I'm not trying to uh, do that as a way of, uh, you know, trying to be a salesperson, but I need to be careful discussing things publicly because of the, uh, because specifically of YouTube. Now, you can envision, you folks are smart, I bet you can envision specifically how that form of optogenetics could be applied using metasex using the smart general adversarial network or generative excuse me adversarial network you folks see what i'm saying here so with that being said let me know what you think please i hope that this made sense and we will catch you all very very soon cheers <laughs>